This is Sam Black with Drafting Archetypes, and this week I'm going to take a first look, kind of a preview of Phyrexia All Will Be One. At the time of uh, recording this podcast, the full official spoiler uh, is not out yet. However, there have been some considerable unofficial leaks, which I have referenced to get as much information as possible for this episode. So theoretically, my information is informed by more or less all of the cards in a set. I will admit that I have not really paid any attention to the rares and mythics. I tend not to really think about them much uh, in my like preview big picture analysis. I find them more of a distraction than helpful since individually they come up relatively little. I assume it's fairly obvious I have not played with any of these cards yet. So take everything with a grain of salt. This is based purely on uh, reading and thinking about the cards and looking for trends and using what I know about you know previous limited formats to evaluate uh, the cards that I have looked at. Big picture, Mark Rosewater had a column that stated what the intended uh, mechanics were for each of the limited archetypes. So just so that we're all on the same page about what Wizards expects is going on. The stated themes for the archetypes, blue-white is artifacts, blue-black is proliferate, black-red is oil and sacrifice, red-green is oil, I think they called it mid-range oil, green-white is toxic aggro, I added kind of a go-wide aggro thing, white-black is corrupted, blue-red is oil slash non-creatures, Black-green is poison. I think the way in which black-green differs from green-white is that black-green is legitimately trying to kill your opponent with poison counters, whereas green-white is kind of using toxic almost as a tribe, where you have toxic creatures that play well with each other based on their having the toxic attribute, but a lot of what you're doing with it is likely pushing damage. So you're not necessarily going to be killing with poison rather than just damage. Red-white is equipment, and blue-green is proliferate and poison. That's the stated situation. I would say one of the first things I looked at, one of the things that stood out to me, is that the fixing in this format is very good. Just in colorless commons, you have a toxic campus guide. So a 2-1 toxic that when it enters the battlefield, you can search your library for a land and put it on top of your deck. So you can guarantee finding a color that you're missing. Terramorphic Expanse, Prophetic Prism, and Phyrexian Atlas, which is a three mana artifact that taps for a mana of any color. And then in green, you have a three mana three three that when it enters the battlefield, looks at the top four cards of your library for a land and puts it in your hand. And if you don't find a land or you don't want to find a land, you can choose to proliferate instead. And then... There's also a lay of the land, so green, search your library for a basic land, put it into your hand, that you can choose to proliferate instead of searching with. So really, really good common fixing. As always, green contributes some, but you can also, you know, if you're serious about it, do it without green. So I'm not sure that this set is going to be consistently two-color. I think knowing myself, it's pretty unlikely that I end up drafting uh, exclusively or maybe even primarily two-color decks, personally. That made me consider 
what's going on with three colors, and then also looking at where the set mechanics are in terms of like what color cards they're on. I haven't read anything officially about this, but it kind of feels to me a little bit like there's a wedge thing going on. Toxic creatures with the toxic ability are basically in Abzan. And Jeskai could be seen as being about artifacts because blue-white is the artifact pair, but then red-white is equipment. So that also plays well with the artifacts. Sultai is where all the proliferate cards are. Mardu, so red and black are about like sacrifice and white's pretty good at making tokens. So I think you have kind of an aristocrats thing going on in Mardu. And then Teemer is uh, oil. There are oil cards technically in every color, although it looks like there's just one white uncommon that gets oil and it really barely cares about it. It's like a 3-1 where you can spend, it has one oil counter. It's a 3-1, you can spend a mana and remove its oil counter to make it indestructible. Like there's a little bit of oil in black, but a lot of oil in Teemer. There are no like three color gold cards or fixing that's specific to wedges or anything. But I think as far as cohesive strategies go, it might be slightly more likely to find things in the wedges than in uh, other color combinations. That could be totally wrong, but certainly if you're looking for high density of certain mechanics, uh, the wedges are pretty good at offering that based on the way that the mechanics are distributed among the cards in the sets. Other things I noticed, this set is very in line with the fire design philosophy, which is to say the commons look quite pushed. The set has like good fixing, uh, efficient removal, tricks that give card advantage, strong creatures, proliferate is given very, very cheaply. Uh, like there's a common that's just anticipate, but it also proliferates. In general, the, the cards that have proliferate did not add on very much mana to get that word on them. Yeah, the, the set looks powerful and synergistic. White strikes me as very good and uh, very aggressive. Like it just has both a lot of like it's it has multiple one, two, and three mana aggressive creatures that look very strong to me. And then it also has like a five mana, three, three flyer that makes two uh, one, one can't block toxic mites that like, you know, three bodies at common for five mana seems pretty good to me. If you're, you know, doing anything that cares about, you know, having things to sacrifice or um, I think white black looks like it's, white black is theoretically about corrupted but what it's doing with that is there are kind of a lot of like value creatures and then there are some ways to like blink them and get them back from your graveyard. So it looks like the, the white black gold card is uh, like a four, four for five with vigilance, I think. And if your opponent's corrupted, it just like kills a creature when you play, I think a creature or planeswalker when you play it and or when it enters the battlefield. That struck me as like one of the best uh, gold signpost uncommons. If that dies and you bring it back or you blink it or something, you're getting a really, really good effect. So I, I feel like white-black is pretty interested in kind of reusing uh, some of the same like good ETB and dies abilities and stuff. There's a white 4-mana 3-4 with Toxic that when you play it, when it enters the battlefield, you can return a creature from the battle or permanent you control from the battlefield to your hand to make a light. So that can reuse your good ETB abilities. So white black looks like it's kind of a blink slash raise dead uh, 
get value out of ETB's situation where, for example, that five mana three through flyer seems like it would really shine. But then the removal across the board is really, really good. Like what I thought the best commons in each color were and outside of green and blue, uh, it's a ton of really great removal. So white has Banished into Eternity, which is two and a white exile target non-land. But if it's a creature, you have to spend three extra mana. So it's six mana to kill a creature and then three mana to kill like an enchantment artifact planeswalker. Planner Disruption is basically just a better pacifism. It's two mana and it can enchant like also planeswalkers and artifacts and it also stops abilities. So those are both like pretty good removal spells. And then Black has Anoint with Affliction, which is one in a black exile uh, target creature with mana value three or less. So we're talking like strictly better smother at common, but also if they're corrupted, it exiles anything. That seems like easily one of the best commons, good chance at being the best common overall. And then it also has Annihilating Gaze or something like that, which is black sorcery. You have to either, single black mana, you have to either spend four extra mana or sack a creature or an artifact, and then it kills a creature or planeswalker. So another good, efficient removal spell. And then it has a couple of other less good removal spells. There's like a minus one, minus one proliferate for black and an edict that gives you some kind of little trinket, maybe a proliferate or something. Those I'm not so excited about. And then in red, you have Hexgold Slash, which is red instant two damage to a creature, four damage if that creature is toxic, and Volt Charge, which is two and a red reprint. Uh, two and a red instant deal three damage to any target proliferate. So like very efficient removal spells um, at common. So when I was first thinking about the set, I was thinking like, wow, like the white aggressive creatures look really good and it seems pretty easy to use these like efficient creatures to get some poison counters on your opponent. And then you uh, can proliferate and finish them off. So it seems like it'd be really hard to play control in that environment. But thinking about how good the removal is makes me a little bit more optimistic about control. But on the other hand, in the aggro deck's favor, there are really, really, really good tricks. I, I mentioned this a little bit, but so in white, for example, there's one in a white uh, target creature gets plus two, plus two. If that creature was toxic, you draw a card. And then red has burning apotheosis, one in a red instant Target creature gets plus one, plus three, plus one until end of turn, and you exile the top card of your library, and you can play that until the end of your next turn. So red and white both have these like aggressive combat tricks that give you card advantage for only two mana, um, which is kind of unprecedented and really strong. However, uh, my favorite blue common is a creature that I think is good at blocking despite all that, which is Gixian Raptor, which is a 1-4 flyer for three that enters the battlefield with three oil counters, and you can remove an oil counter from it to give it plus one, plus one until end of turn, which is not particularly impressive as an aggressive card, but the threat of activation is, you know, it's free to remove a counter. So it's, as soon as you play it, it's threatening to block as a 4-7, and... As long as you don't need to remove all the counters, every time you proliferate, it's threatening to make another good block. So that seems like very hard to attack into, even if you have a combat trick, which seems really, really important to what blue is doing, because the rest of what it does that I like is mostly anticipate proliferate and like counter unless your opponent spends two 
uh, but it counters no matter what if uh, your opponent um, is corrupted, meaning if they have three or more poison counters. Like blue, for the most part, um, seems you know quite a bit slower than the other colors, and I feel like it really is going to rely heavily on uh, this raptor in particular to. Um, Okay, I, I'm being told that I actually have the Raptor wrong. This is one of the ones that's kind of a blurry unofficial preview. It's plus one, minus one, not plus one, plus one, which actually makes a lot more sense power level-wise. I was like, this thing's incredible. That changes significantly how good of a blocker it is, though I still think it's a respectable blocker. It's no longer my clear pick for best blue common, knowing that, but I, I still think it's probably pretty good. I do still think that... Um, what blue is doing it really feels like it needs good blockers and the Raptor will do a good enough job of doing that, but it's not going to just like lock up the game by itself. Green does have a uh, reasonable removal. It has like a bite that proliferates that might be uncommon. And then it has, I think just a straight reprint with a different name of Epic Confrontation and stuff like that. But uh, I think green's best commons are its value creatures. I mentioned the three mana, three, three ETB, look at four cards, uh, put a land in your hand. And then if you don't find a land or whatever, you can proliferate, which seems like largely a better um, eccentric farmer. Like three, three plus a card for three is just crazy to me. That I think is another possible best common. Then oil eater troll or something like that is... Three green, green, ETB, gain three life. And if you have another permanent with an oil counter, draw a card. I didn't write its size in my notes. I think it's a three, four. So it's kind of like Owlbear, um, but you gain three life. You need to have oil, but it's really, really easy to have oil. So green's best commons to me seem to be these like two, just like really, really straightforward upfront value creatures which makes me think that, you know, green is a little bit grindier. Looking at white first and seeing how aggressive white was, I, I was thinking, that, you know, wow, this format looks really aggressive, but there's a lot of cheap removal going around to kind of help not get run over. And then there are, you know, greens offering this like direct card advantage. There, there are a lot of, you know, it's fire design. There are a ton of cards that just kind of give you more objects in one way or another. So I could imagine the set turning out to once people figure out you know, what kinds of pressures they're under and how to react to and answer those pressures, I could see the format, you know, being... At first, I was kind of thinking this might be like original Zendikar, where blocking is basically impossible and everyone's just like playing aggro decks and it's just like, who can do the strongest, fastest thing? I don't think we're going to be there. I think there is real pressure from the aggro decks that you're going to have to face against reasonably often but there are ways to prepare for that. And, you know, there's a lot of strength in terms of like, you know, long game and grind situations and synergies to, you know, do interesting stuff once you've lived through those aggressive decks, which, you know, is kind of not dissimilar, I think, from uh, limited formats I've been playing recently, like Brothers War and Kaldheim, uh, that both have like really good white red aggro decks but where I've been very comfortable playing, you know, kind of like multicolor green value decks. I, I think this is a format where I'm pretty likely to draft a lot of decks that are kind of, you know, base green with those value creatures, uh, splashing all of the efficient removal in any color, because all of these good common removal spells 
actually all of them are single colored symbol to cast. Uh, notably, not the blue sleep slash, slash claustrophobia type card that also proliferates or something, but that's not the kind of card I'm into to begin with. Based on my first look, I think there's going to be a lot of Abzan splashing removal situations where I'm like trying to get my like white black toxic stuff enabled so that I have like value creatures from green, white, and black that I'm like getting back from my graveyard and flickering. And then I'm, um, you know, maybe splashing hex gold slashes and volt charges and some white removal. Whatever removal I end up seeing, probably prioritizing it pretty highly to stay alive against the good aggressive stuff. If I had to guess, knowing myself, that's kind of where I would gravitate. Uh, I think there's, you know, obviously potential without having played it. I, I can, you know, see the seeds of what all the archetypes are doing and uh, wouldn't rule any of them out. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the deck that I'm talking about as like Abzan ends up being, you know, actually it is Sultai most of the time or an even mix or whatever. And I also think that uh, like the blue-red spells deck seems pretty good. Uh, you know, you get the efficient red removal spells with the you know, blue stuff that I've talked about, like the good blue two mana instance, basically. Um, and then some amount of like oil synergies and stuff. I guess all of the stuff that I'm talking about doesn't like oil is more relevant to permanence than to spells. And the creatures collectively are like, okay, most of these look pretty good, but it's not obvious. Like, how good or which ones are slightly better than others, the way that it is with like removal spells. My whole analysis, I think, is potentially like sleeping on or insufficiently lacks a nuanced understanding of oil, I guess is what, what I'm getting at. So like Teamer cares about oil, but I'm not sure exactly what that's going to look like. There's like a blue 1-3 for 2 that gets uh, an oil whenever you play a non-creature spell. And then when it has 4 oil, it has plus 2 plus 0 and is unblockable. So, you know, 2 mana, 3-2 unblockable once it's turned on. There's a red 1 mana trick that gives a creature plus 2 plus 2 and puts 2 oil on it. So that like basically turns on the blue thing by itself. You know, there, there might be like a blue-red aggro oil deck or something. Yeah, those are my first impressions, I guess. My first thought in terms of getting my bearings for the set. I think the cards that look worst to me are the expensive creatures just across the board. There are a bunch of like common five and six mana creatures that uh, I don't feel like give you that much immediate value. Um, and given how good the removal and counter spells are, I'm pretty pessimistic about those. Some of them give you, you know, some kind of value or have some immediacy. Like there's a four man, five mana, four or five red creature with two oil that can remove a counter to give something haste. So like it itself has haste and then it gives haste to something else potentially. And there's like a green equipment that gives plus four, plus four, and I think reach. And it comes with a two, two. So it's like a six mana, six, six that leaves around a plus four, plus four equipment. These things are like kind of high impact but really feel uh, slow and awkwardly positioned in this format the way that I'm seeing it in terms of being really aggressive and really about the early game. Like 
it's so important to have cards to compete one way or another in the early game in terms of like corrupted exists and who gets corrupted on who or whether you can avoid getting corrupted or whatever is going to come down to who has the best start and like there's a big difference in terms of like whether you can stop yourself from getting some early poison um how likely it is that you're going to like die to proliferate going long or something like that so it feels to me like everybody's going to really need to prioritize the early game and having a good curve and being able to interact early which makes it hard to put expensive cards in your deck and then when you combine combine that with uh the fact that there seems to be a lot of synergy it feels like even going longer you can kind of do more by combining cards and getting something greater than the sum of their parts rather than by just playing something big and then to finish it off there's just really good efficient removal and the thought of like spending a lot of mana on something big just to have it answered is pretty unappealing all that said I i'm pessimistic about the expensive cards that don't you know like draw a card or give you something equivalent like basically right away that's my take i'm gonna turn it over to uh chat for questions now so chat any anything you're wondering anything i didn't cover anything i didn't properly explain any other questions let me know and i'll get to them while i'm letting that happen of course as we're getting into a new, new format, um, you're looking to get on top of that, especially if you're playing in any of the upcoming limited events that I'll be playing in that I'm really looking forward to, such as the Star City Limited Open in Indianapolis or the sealed PTQs at MagicCon Philly. For you know the most I can offer, consider subscribing to the Drafting Archetypes Patreon at patreon.com slash draftingarchetypes. And feel free to reach out to me if you're looking for coaching on this format. I'll be putting a lot of work into getting a head start on it. I hope to be playing some games in paper uh, as early as this weekend. And if you're interested in coaching with this, then uh, patreon.com slash drafting archetypes has you covered on some pretty good discounts. All right. So questions from chat. How's the fixing? Very good. Uh, I went over that. What are your initial takes on for Meriden? Is equipment still generally just bad? Well, no. I mean, so the equipment is generally reasonably expensive to move around. I'm mostly viewing uh, for Meriden as just like treat the creature as what you get up front, but then you're also getting an artifact for stuff that cares about having an artifact. But uh, I'm not putting a lot of weight in what the actual equipment is as a card separate from the body plus the object, you know, treating the object like a food token or something like that. You know, obviously if you're like, it means that the four mirrored index are going to have better late games than just like an aggro deck with some creatures usually will. Because, you know, if you play a bunch of these like creatures that leave objects around, eventually you have enough mana for whatever remaining creature you have to pick up all of the objects that the previous creatures you played left around. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you should treat it, evaluate it more as a creature than as equipment, um, is my like broad take on uh, Four Mirrodin. You mentioned not wanting to go through the rares at all, but do you think the uh, prevalence of quite strong planeswalkers at rare will result in anything significant. I think a lot of the removal targets planeswalkers, but also kind of the more planeswalkers are present, the more important 
uh, combat is and being on the board early so that you can protect your own planeswalkers and attack opposing planeswalkers, which really just reinforces what I was saying about not liking the expensive creatures. And just in general, I think that while I'm not totally sure that this format's going to be like super aggressive, I think that it is going to be very much rewarding low curves. I think the curves might end up looking more like Brothers War than not. Probably less extreme than Brothers War. I think Brothers War has some of the lowest curves I've ever seen in Limited across the board, but I definitely think that you're going to want to prioritize cheap spells pretty highly, both just due to the nature of everything else, but I think Planeswalkers push further in that direction in a meaningful way. Next up, how much do you think the overall power level of rares slash mythics, how bomb the format is, changes the evaluation of commons? Yeah, I think pretty little. There's a suggestion that in a bomb-heavy set, murder is better and uh, like Colossal Dreadmaw is worse. I think I agree with that, uh, but it's basically baked into everything else I've been saying, where I, I just think the removal is so efficient in this set that it's hard for it not to be good. And the clunky creatures are so poorly positioned that like it's hard for them to be good. And the more... like late games are determined by rares rather than expensive commons, the more true that is. Repeatable proliferate seems like an easy control route. Are there any and oh, a commonality? I can't think of any slash much. It's mostly one shot things that uh, proliferate like spells or ETBs. Question about the quality of the green black signpost uncommon, uh, one five for four and so so abilities. I think that that might be underestimating how good giving all your creatures like threatening to give all your creatures death touches. I could see it playing quite a bit better than it looks, but I could also see it being a little too clunky and expensive. Hard to say for sure. Do you think Toxic will be an archetype or not because it's so mixed in with damage and limited? I think that there are different ways that Toxic will be used. I think some archetypes will use Toxic to get their opponent corrupted. I think some archetypes will legitimately be trying to win with poison and using toxic to keep that started. And I think that there will be kind of what I was talking about with green, white, a toxic as a tribe aggro deck that's not really concerned with poison counters so much as it is concerned with the word toxic as a way to have synergies and specifically to take advantage of the white uh, pump spell, the plus two, plus two draw a card if it targets something toxic, which I uh, don't remember the name of. I, I think that toxic, you know, will certainly matter and it will be an archetype insofar as there are enough cards that care about working with other cards that are toxic that like that'll happen sometimes. What do I think the control deck looks like in this format? I went over that some. I, I mostly think it prioritizes cheap removal and then card advantage. So I think a lot of the and I think a lot of the card advantage is gonna come from ETB permanence. Some chance that there exists a control deck that's like about getting a bunch of different cards with oil and then getting the most out of your proliferates. That was a little harder for me to parse on first look. Indestructible plus hexproof in multiple colors has been gross on tricks lately. Uh, Decentivizing blocking has been such a bummer the last few blocks. Any comments? Get ready for more of that, I guess. Like the, the trick that gives indestructible and hexproof is an uncommon X spell in green that looks amazing. Um, really, really good card. But I think that most of the good tricks in this format are not specifically giving indestructible and hexproof, though. 
you know, theory is some of that. There's also like the flash two plus two plus two aura that gives hexproof for three mana in green at common. But I mean, I do think that the, the combat tricks in this uh, set look really good. And so, yeah, I mean, blocking is going to be difficult. And I think that if you're trying to block, you're going to want to pair creatures that uh, block well, like high toughness creatures with instant speed removal so that you can, you know, your opponent attacks you, you take a hit while you're tapped out. And then when you have mana up, um, if they want to attack and you block and then they try to use a trick, you can use a removal spell in response. Um, so I think that like when each player has mana available is going to be like really significant in terms of navigating combat. And so like your opponent will know that you have access to good tricks. So if they've passed with mana up on a spot where it would make sense for you to be attacking with a trick, you need to think about the fact that they probably have an instant speed removal spell there because there are plenty of them. And so I, I think that there's going to be a lot of, um, you know, kind of that dance in terms of like getting your combat tricks to resolve. And if you can use them when your opponent's tapped out, um, that uh, snowballing really well and punishing them a lot. But if your opponent can generate some efficient blockers and then hold up removal to like blow you out, you go for a trick once or twice, it's going to be really devastating. Question about whether I think that a toxic slash proliferate deck that focuses on getting uh, toxic counters early and then winning with proliferate will be viable. I think that broadly that's theoretically what green black is trying to do. And I, I think that there will be some decks that do that. I mean, as I mentioned, proliferate is very uh, aggressively costed in terms of it just doesn't, the, the spells that have it weren't taxed very much mana to have it. And of course, there are a lot of creatures that give poison counters. Um, so, uh, you know, especially in games that are kind of more uh, like mid-range mirrors, it's hard for me to imagine the uh, that like games wouldn't end from just like, Someone got some poison on early, and then a board stall happened, and eventually they proliferate their opponent to death. I really like the steal your thing and sack it uh, style of Rakdos in Brothers War. Is uh, this a theme that will be returning? I don't remember a common threat, and I think there might only be an uncommon threat, which would make me think that it's not very easy to do, but I could be wrong about that. Does the complete absence of plus one, plus one counters in the set change your evaluation of proliferate's value? No, because they're just replaced with oil counters that sometimes function as plus one, plus one counters, although not all that often. So you can, I mean, you can still do some of that. More often than not, your uh, the counters that are on cards that you're proliferating do weird different things rather than just plus one plus one but that's not you know strictly better or worse it might be the case that it's a little bit harder to like i could imagine proliferate being slightly weaker than it was before although like when proliferate debuted there were also only minus one minus one counters and not plus one plus one counters so no not really yeah i, I think that's gonna wrap us up Thanks for tuning in, and uh, I'll be back next week, presumably with some actual experience playing. The set still won't be out online, but I think uh, my friends and I are going to be putting things together in paper to start testing early, so I should be able to 
review this with a lot more information next week. I'm not sure exactly what form that can, it's going to take. Uh, I'm not exactly sure if I'm going to be doing kind of a, you know, first look overview or in terms of, you know, first actual experience overview, or if I'll be ready to dive straight into an archetype. That's going to be a game day decision uh, for the next podcast, but excited to get to this new set. I hadn't really looked at it until yesterday and today and uh, it looks pretty fun i can see some pretty interesting synergies and stuff like that so uh yeah that's it for now and i'll be back next week